Hello and welcome to what is sure to be a uh, high watermark for the Chainsaw the Fate podcast. Uh, this episode, uh, we will get to it later, but there is a uh, an interview with Jessica Strauss somewhere in there. Uh, the voice of Jury and Street Fighter. Uh, she's voice characters in Code Geass, Wolf's Rain, but I don't give a crap about any of those. It, it's just Street Fighter for me. Well, it was pretty cool in Wolf's Rain. True. She, no, she's done a lot of great stuff. The rest of the series was kind of sucktastic, but... Uh, yeah. Really, okay, the, the, end, the ending, yeah. The ending, yeah. The, rest, okay, the series was okay until you get to the end. It's been so long since I've watched this. Don't worry about it. You don't want to remember. You'll just get angry. Uh, Charlie, two words for you. Blue gender. Ooh. <sighs> that, no, that, that, blue gender tricked me. It made me think it was a good show. And then it gave me the ending. And then we wanted to burn. Oh, yeah. Taco ran, like, in the middle of the manga, and they just quit. Taco? That Toko, T-O-K-K-O, but I call it Taco to be You can tell that they just ran out of budget or something, and, like, threw something into one episode out of nowhere and called it done. Made no sense whatsoever. Now, for those of you listening at home, I do want to steer us back on track a little bit. Uh, the Jessica Strauss interview is just the first of a series of interviews that uh, we'll be doing, so stay tuned for that. Um, really, it's it's kind of a big deal for us, because we're we're doing these over Skype. It's not at a convention or anything. We're going out and contacting, and uh, these people have been generous enough to uh, give some of their own time and, and speak with us, and uh, we really appreciate it. It's, it's a big deal for us. Um, yep. This, this is our second sorry. time... We're sorry we tricked you into thinking we're legit. You know whose fault that is, right? No. Chris Sex. Yes, that is true. It's his, it's his fault because he was the first one to uh, agree to do an interview with us because, uh, <laughs> when, when Mike, uh, got the idea to start a podcast, uh, for Chainsaw Buffet, um, we, we, we never thought about doing interviews, but then we met, uh, Chris at, uh, MTech Infinity, I think it was. And, uh, at AWA later that year, we're like, hey, you know, we're doing a podcast now. And so he's like, yeah, you know, okay, I'll be on it. And, you know, Simon Young from the Slants is going to be there. Why don't, why don't I ask him? And he can be on there, too. And from there, you know, it, it was like the Notorious MSG, which that was that was an, an experience for everyone involved. Yes. Mm-hmm. Even me, I got a crank call. Yes. You still have it saved, don't you? I think so. Yeah. That... Go back and listen to that, because uh, Hong Kong Fever calls my wife and uh, pretends to be from the police department. He completely drops characters. He does completely. Which is probably a rare what if he? But what if he wasn't dropping characters? What, what, what if he was just doing a really good white man impersonation? Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. How about that? What, I might what be if there is no character? that suggestion? Wait, you're offended as a white man, or you're offended as an Asian? As a human being. <laughs> Because you're kind of brownish. And... <laughs> no, don't, I don't know where you're from. Where are you from, sir? He's from his mother's stomach. Now I'll leave him alone. Do you have papers? Where did she come from? I think he was raised by wolves. Yes. Uh, <laughs> a groaner. No, no, technically, the, the state of Tennessee probably has my short form birth certificate, but I don't know <laughs> why it's they real. Assuming, assuming it's real. Assuming it's legitimate. Um, person. No, the real truth is, sort of, I can be accepted among all cultures. Because you're I an mean, android? You're that's semi-organic? Me. What are you? 
Cylon. Yeah, I don't trust the fingers. Yes, gonna be some kind of way out of here. Can't get no fracking relief. No, um, stop it. Moving on. Yeah, <laughs> moving on. We we do want to throw a little bit of a mini episode in front of these interviews. They're they're about twenty twenty five minutes long, give or take. Um, so you know we're we're gonna rope you in with the interview and then string you along for, with, uh, for a little us while. talking about about, about nothing. What are we talking about today? Um, well, first we're going to uh, put a nail in the coffin of Guitar Hero. So what happened? Um, basically, Activision canceled the game that was planned for this year and disbanded the group that uh, plans. The and group's disbanded. Those. Yeah, they, they, yes. they broke up the band. Holy crap! Why? Uh, because uh, Guitar Hero, what was it? Uh, Legends of Rock didn't perform as well as they'd hoped. Wait, Legend? No, Warriors of Rock. Because Legends of Rock was three. Uh, okay, maybe I'm getting getting those two confused. I don't remember which one was which. But anyway, um, strangely enough, and I wish I wish I could remember the brilliant mind that said releasing a game like that every year uh, constantly was a bad idea. I wish I could think of who said that. Oh wait, it was me. I, I really, I mean, honestly, after Rock Band uh, started up the music store, it was pretty much over. Yeah, like, gu- Guitar Hero was fucked when uh, Rock Band said, oh, we're making a new game and, uh, you know, you can import all your songs from the first one and, uh, you know, all your downloadable songs still work. And Guitar Hero was like, no, you have to, you have to buy everything. Yeah. You have to switch discs, even though you own it. Questionable decisions from an industry perspective, I think, you know, based on how video games are done, but it worked, and someone actually allowed them to do it. And, yeah. But I, actually, one of, the, one of the classy things that Rock Band did was uh, they, well, semi-classy, because it was still, it still ended up being about how awesome Rock Band was, was they, they wrote a forum post that was like, hey, this happened, and... You know, I know you guys are probably big fans uh, of Rock Band, but still remember this is a bunch of developers out of work, and, you know, as developers, we feel bad about that. Well, uh, yeah, certainly. Yeah. I mean, I mean, that's... My criticism is not with the developers, because they oh, just no. were not given the opportunity and the time to succeed, because, you know, Activision said, no, we've got to make these games every year. And, and even Ubisoft, which was one of those companies, and EA, which... You know, was notorious for their release schedules. You know, they've they backed off of that. You know, they they give them you know a two year window, which is what you need to do. Mm-hmm. Yep, it's it's been proven time and time again. You need at least two years to develop a quality game, sometimes more. Um, so Activision, suck on it, bitch. I told you so. Oh. Now I'm gonna do my little dance. Uh yeah. If only they'd listen to you. Yep. I I can't imagine that someone within Activision wasn't like seeing this coming and doing everything they could to stop it, which involved releasing more games with features that you know ultimately didn't really matter. Anyway. <laughs> well, they said you know we're we're gonna we're gonna add a story mode because no that's what I want. Yeah, that's what I want. Unless it's about a uh, up and coming Taiwanese uh, unless, pit fighter, unless it's moving. Transformers: War for Cybertron, Rock Band, I'm not especially interested. 
Wow. Actually, that would have been a really great tie-in. Yes, it would have. You can create your own Transformer band, or you can pick from amongst the... Uh, and, uh, you know, all the songs would be, you know, like, you got the touch. Which is already on there, so... Uh, but they had to go through Rock Band Network to uh, to get that one. Yep. Hmm. That's yep. what they were missing, then. The tying in with bands is not a good I wouldn't say band. they were missing it. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't say we're missing it. I don't know. Oh. So, Dylan, you had... Uh, something you wanted to talk about. Oh, the, uh... So, something the, that hits close to home for politics the news? Okay, I think you... Charlie, you actually sent a uh, a link for this, but yeah. I, I'd seen this on Park as well. Apparently, a, um, a Tennessee state uh, representative uh, has credited uh, Hooters for her success. Like, you know... I guess the uh, the experience of, of waiting tables and serving customers and dealing with uh, with ass wipes. Yeah, I, I I don't know, but she is and shaking from, what your mama gave you. She is from our home district, meaning that like just to say that our state legislator uh, credits Hooters for her success makes us sound like the uh, white trash capital of Tennessee, which is like being the fattest kid at fat camp. <laughs> If you <laughs> enough, you will be the fattest kid at fat camp. Oh, yes, you will. <laughs> but it'll be offset by explosive diarrhea. Because <laughs> I cannot leave Hooters before going to the bathroom. Oh, it's a one-stop shop. Yep. <laughs> what sucks is that they don't, have, partic- sum. They don't <laughs> have particularly good thunder buckets. I, I wish they would just opt for a trough behind a door. Okay. Now, imagine if they had really, really nice bathrooms, but charged for toilet paper. They would make a second killing. <laughs> Oh, that... I, I start bringing in uh, the rolls of paper towels <laughs> from the table. <laughs> Something feels morally wrong about that idea. Just like there, there would be an outrage. People would stop going there, and then no, they wouldn't. Remember, they didn't go there for the food. So they know. have boobs. They're good. Boobs are good. I go for the wings. Yes. Quote unquote. <laughs> I, 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 um, I like the food. Uh, not so big on the atmosphere. He's too busy respecting the women to enjoy the place. <laughs> I gotta play practical jokes on the servers. <laughs> what do you drop pencils and say, "Oh, you dropped your pencil"? No, I wear low cut shirts to Hooters and make sure that he's paying attention to me when the server comes by. Yeah, and he'll I, look at her. I can be more of an object than you can. Yeah, I. I it's so funny because they try so hard. We actually had one chick bend over in front of him and push her boobs together just to get his attention, and he. Uh, I looked her straight her. in the eye, but every time I'd look at Jen, it would be straight down her cleavage. <laughs> like I, I made a point to do it. Oh my gosh, it's so fun to mess with them. <laughs> because she was working hard for that tip, but you know who paid that night? I did. I paid that night. <laughs> So she was showing off for the wrong person, as we Yeah, you're pretty much. Pretty much. Oh. So, you know, if you see Janet Hooters and uh, your, your uh, waitress, you know, don't try and work me. Work her. Just She'll give Jennifer an open mouth kiss. <laughs> yeah. And there's your tip. You'll do it. Like, and keep uh, the change. If you, want, if you want a good tip from me, stay the hell away from me. Do not touch me. <laughs> do not take his order. Do not serve him food. Do not, and, and so help you God, do not refill his drink. 
No, no, refill my drink. That's cool. Just but don't take his drink order in the first place. Don't, uh, don't. But don't, if he has uh, a drink with him, he brought it with him. You better damn well refill. You should it. anticipate what he wants and have it there. And that at the table. No, no, no. And then just, you will make yourself scarce in the kitchen like a woman should because he's a misogynist. Just, no, no, no. Just, just don't beg for my tips by by doing things like that. And send that is mail, how you win. Send your male waiters out in their little short shorts. No, no, no. He I, likes that. You know, and just. Don't do anything. Just don't make it awkward. Just give me my food, and that's how you win the uh, the uh, coveted uh, slightly Aspergers uh, demographic. <laughs> Lasers and missiles. That's men's stuff. You need a knife and a plate to make sandwich. <laughs> Sorry, oh. Dustin. Dustin off the uh, the other end bit. So point is, uh, Dylan goes to the wrong restaurants. Yes. <laughs> yeah. No, I only go to that restaurant with other people. Uh, namely me. Yes. You go to the porn store you by yourself. No. Yes. <laughs> you go to the porn store with other people? <laughs> I don't go to the porn Interesting. store. Interesting. You're big on the group dynamic. <laughs> if you know what I mean. If you know what I'm saying. So what else? <laughs> I don't know. Something about, uh, Reggie fils me Oh, yes. Um, fils me Apparently, Mario. uh... He, uh, he, Kotaku had an article, uh, that I bookmarked for, uh, to talk about. He made a comment that, uh, iPhone games and so? Android games, well, basically, were basically underpriced for the market. Of course, Nintendo's, even their downloadable games, I think, are like $5 range or something. So, he was, he basically said that, you know, those games are undervaluing other games, and even suggested that like Angry Birds was uh, over underpriced. So what he's suggesting is they should charge more for crappy games. Yes, just like so wow. they can price themselves out of the market, and uh, you know, stay, stay the hell out of Nintendo's way. Yeah, I mean, basically, apparently, Fizz Mario is not a fan of competition. Hey, Reggie Fizz came here uh, to do two things. Kick ass and take names. <laughs> That's Duke Nukem. No, no, he said that in his very first press conference. Oh. But apparently being afraid of competition is part of that. Yes. I guess so. I don't know if we have any more don't discussion that. on that. No. I just thought it was interesting me, that... Uh, forget uh, making better games. You guys should be charging more for your crappy games so that uh, people won't be... Uh, afraid to buy our crappy games. Yeah, more or less. I mean, wow. I mean, they you know they charge fifty bucks for that shitty carnival games crap. Oh, man. Not anymore. I mean, the only Wii titles that keep that high price range are the first party titles, and those are still you know still forty and fifty dollars years after um, after release. Which like PS3 and Xbox. Don't have many games that are like that. They are the gaming version of like Honda and Toyota. They they keep their resale value. Some of them do. Some of the them. first party first ones. party titles. Xbox is very much an American car brand, right there. Yeah. I mean, it falls apart within three years, and then you have to go send it back in a box. Yes. <laughs> it means get the warranty. <coughs> yes. Uh, buy American, buy the warranty. Buy your kids, buy your wife. <laughs> <laughs> buy your husband's too. How much for the women? 
Watch for the little girl. No, it's Blues Brothers. Whatever sicko. Whatever sicko. That's Blues Brothers. Whatever sicko. That's disgusting. That's John Belushi. That is classic 80s comedy. Leave this room. So because John Belushi liked little girls, it's okay for you two? Whoa, whoa, whoa. What are you saying about John Belushi? I'm saying he's dead. What's he going to do about it? Haunt you. Hopefully. Bring it. I would be entertained by that. He was a funny man. But he liked... Uh, I'm not going to get See? You admit it. I'm so done. He liked little girls. No, I'm not willing to spend any more time on this conversation. Next! Him and Lawrence Taylor. I don't even have to say allegedly anymore, because he did, he did plead guilty to that. Who's Lawrence Taylor? <laughs> Linebacker for the uh, Giants from, no. from the 80s. He, did, he dealt a uh, 16-year-old prostitute. Really? Yes, really. Wow. Was he the one that went to WWF for a little while? Possibly. I don't remember. There was a, there was a, there, I remember there was a football player that did that, and I thought his name was you Lawrence Taylor, but I could be wrong. You don't need much respectability to get on wrestling, I think, so. Um, but you do need a high tolerance. Because you can't see me. Pain and ridicule. You can't see me. Uh, you can watch wrestling on the Sci Fi channel. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's all fake. Fake or fake? But, but not science. <laughs> they only caught the fiction part of it. So there's <laughs> wrestling. Anyway. And ghost hunters. And ghost hunters. And faked or faked. I'm not going to say any more about that. But but not Caprica. Not Caprica. No. Or Stargate Universe. Thank you. No. They, Clearly, they, also... They, the, they're okay with just the fiction part. The, the science part, they're trying to get rid of that crap. <laughs> Nobody watched that. Oh. He sound like Chad on Twitter now. But you can follow him at CB underscore chef. So follow sci-fi so you, know, you can see that. The he doesn't do it as much anymore, honestly. Which is a shame. I, I think, think he's moved on to they acceptance. Had, I was about to say, they haven't put any more new shows on to cancel. But I'm pretty sure like he's got a list somewhere pinned up in his house that's like, Warehouse 13, Eureka, and he's just waiting to check those <laughs> off until there's nothing. I hope left. he didn't add being human to the list, or he'll have um, another one to check off. Trust me, it shouldn't be on. Yeah. Really? Really? Oh, I'm sorry. The, no, but the preview I saw. Being no, 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 the preview you saw. Yeah, you saw. You saw 30 seconds of the show. It was And I'm going to give it a chance because the BBC version is so good. The only reason I but, won't watch it is because I'm just. I, I'm. I'm hooked on the BBC version, yeah. and I really don't want to rewatch the same storyline. I mean, maybe they're, maybe it's totally different, but I have a feeling generally it's not going to be. So I. I suspect there's... Chad is watching both of them, so you may want to ask him and see what how they uh, compare. I generally like the American version. I think... I'm kind of a... There's this one scene in the first episode where the uh, werewolf and the ghost are talking, you know, and they've encountered the whole uh, vampire thing, and they're like, oh, it's so tough for him, and I'm just like, ah. You know... Vampires, uh, apparently in this universe, feed on uh, drama, just like everywhere else. Instead of blood? Well, yeah, I mean, that's that's what modern vampires feed on, drama. So And and the adoration of little girls. So they're teenage women in in that respect. Yes. They feed on drama. Yes, modern male vampires are, in fact, teenage girls. Okay. Mm. Yes. They right. sit around doing each other's hair. Yes, which is why you can distract them with unicorns and roller skates and whatever yeah. else, stickers. Talking and about the Joe Bros. They, they have the Joe a picture Bros. of Jonathan Taylor Thomas. I used to be able to play the Joe Bros. Wow, that's not <laughs> JTT. <laughs> JTT for real. 
That's backhand, you. Wow, but you are calling something way <laughs> out of the nineties. What Just was the Brandon or Brandon? Oh, there's a guy on um, Sequest. Shoot. Oh, uh, I can't remember the, oh, the guy's name. About. Yeah, that's and then enough. he was also on um, was, that one with Chuck Norris, he, that movie yeah, where he was... He was, the, he was, Se- he was Sequest's kid. version of uh, Wesley Crusher. Yes. He was the undersea Wesley Crusher. I never watched Sequest. 20, depending on, depending depending on who you ask, uh, some people might like to see Wesley Crusher under seats. <laughs> oh. With chains attached to it. So. Oh, no, that's not good me. Will Wheaton seems like a nice guy. No, I, I'm not talking about Will Wheaton. I'm talking, talking about Wesley Crusher. Wesley Crusher. <laughs> oh, man, he was a bitch. <laughs> I hate him. He can't really do it. But he's fiction. He can't hurt me. <laughs> not anymore. He can't hurt me anymore. Not anymore. He can hurt me in syndication. <laughs> okay, um... Stay tuned. <laughs> Stay tuned. Uh, was <laughs> fantastic. Is there anything else you wanted to say? Because I think we, we talked about a whole bunch. We, we had to re-record this for uh, yeah uh, technical reasons. Yeah, we've we've got another uh, big podcast planned. I'm looking forward to it. Yes. Um. It it, it it's going to be a very Pringles episode. <laughs> really? Your curly yeah. mustache. <laughs> Scoop's hugging us. We need to save that for that podcast, though. Let's let's not waste all our a somebody else's a material. That's a material. I'm gonna open that one up. <laughs> Please do. Oh, we're uh, quoting the same video that uh, everyone else is VC three marketing is quoting. Oh, we're so original. We're edgy. Oh, again, uh, kid. Yeah. So. Uh, so, yes, stay, stay tuned. tuned. This is Pro Tips, presented by the Sommelier. Number seven, always leave room in your budget for celery and cranberries, because you never know when Thanksgiving is going to show up. This has been Pro Tips, presented by the Sommelier. And we're back, and uh, guys, I have to I have to say I'm like a kid at Christmas right now because uh, Jessica Strauss is on the line with us. Ho ho ho! <laughs> <laughs> uh, Santa Claus, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, how's it going? Uh, going great. Um, Good. Welcome to your first ever podcast. I'm sure it it's is. going to be an experience you will never forget. Okay. Uh, just no matter how much you try. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Just be gentle with me. Uh, we'll we'll ease you into it. We'll we'll show you how it's done. Uh, okay. Or okay. or not done. Okay. Um. So first question. I always have to ask this, even though I know I'm going to run into a brick wall of non-disclosure agreements. But oh what yeah, are you working on. Well, the one project I definitely can talk about is a project called Mixmaster Two Final Force, which is. I think it's an anime that originally um, was in Japan, and then they sent it to Korea. So it's a Korean company that's doing it. It's called Sunwoo, uh, is the name of the company. And um, we're currently recording that project, and they actually didn't have a sign anything. So, and they wanted me to talk about it, so I've been talking about it at, when I go to conventions. And I play... Um, a couple of characters. I play Eva, who's very evil and zany and far out. 
kind of, and then I also play a yellow flying chicken named Ang okay. Ang. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm a wacky teacher, and then I play a couple of side uh, characters. I like the project a lot. It's really fun. It hasn't sold yet. It was uh, the first uh, run of it uh, was in Canada. They did it in Canada. Okay. So, yeah. And then, yeah, the other stuff that's come out at the end of last year I can talk about. Like, I've worked a bunch on World of Warcraft, um, did a bunch of characters, a lot of different gods and god- goddesses and um, evil characters. <laughs> <laughs> Just a lot of evil, and then um, I uh, Samurai Three uh, is out, I think, and I play Ina on okay. that. So, and then the other stuff I can't disclose. All right. Well, I guess we'll just have to keep our ear to the ground for for that then. Um, yeah. So, do you have any convention uh, appearances that are coming up? Um, I just was at uh, Anime LA. And that was just a couple weekends ago. And I did a bunch of panels, just a few panels there. And I haven't really done a lot of conventions. I just started this year. I I was a little bit convention shy at the beginning of my career. So I've just now started putting myself out there to do conventions. I can't say I blame you. Yeah, it can be an experience. Yeah, well, you know what? I really enjoyed it. So I don't know why I was so shy shy of it before because I had a great time. I went to Florida over the summer, and I had a really good time there. Um, so I think, too, when you're first starting out, and because I started out and on camera, um, you get used to being in the business and being there, being at home for the business. And so when you schedule a lot of time outside um, – Unless you have a setup. Until I got set up with a laptop and a and a mic, I I couldn't record when I go, went away. So, and you miss you miss uh, work. So I, I I was a little shy of that at first, and then and then I was like, oh, well, I want to go, and I, I love to travel, so it was fun. So tell us a little bit about what first drew you to acting. <laughs> uh, what first drew me to acting? I haven't had that question in a long time. Um, I think as a kid, you know, you're just drawn that way, right? Right. I I put on plays when I was a kid. I drew cartoons. And so when I went into college, I, before I went to college, I took a couple of classes and I, I just knew that that's what I wanted to do. I don't know why innately. I just thought this is where I'm supposed to go. And, and, um, I went, I got a, went away to college and got a BFA in theater and I just loved it. Had a great time in college. I'm glad somebody did. Yeah. (laughs) Well, you know what? If you're just, um, if your major, where where I went, we got credits for being in play, in a play, you know, and so all of my classes I got credits for, I got to tour when I was in college and I got credit for that. That was a class. And I, and I went to UC Santa Barbara, which is absolutely gorgeous. So I had a great time. Well, we uh, consider us officially envious at this point. Oh, no, don't be. <laughs> <laughs> can- no, she, she's just having a great time. Let's not be jealous. Um, <laughs> no jealousy. <laughs> so, you, you know, you said you started out on stage and on screen. How did you make the transit? At what point in your career did you start making the transition uh, into being a voiceover artist? 
I I did a lot of stage and I did some on camera and I was kind of like this struggling artist for the beginning of my career. And then um, I I just kind of, I thought I'd try voiceover because I played a lot of characters on stage. And uh, I got, as soon as I started making a demo, I got work right away. So it was almost like I, I I didn't know I was going to go there, but I found myself getting more work in voiceover than I did on camera. And I'm only five foot two, and I only, when you're being judged by how you look for a part, they're not necessarily judging you on your talent, but a voiceover is just on talent and your versatility as, uh, for me. And so I got work in voiceover, and it just kind of started snowballing. Okay. Yeah. Um. Now, talking a little bit about your voiceover career, I, I think it's an understatement to say that you play some very different types of roles. Um, like you play yeah. the Empress in Code Geass, who's you know an innocent young girl, and then you play uh, Jury from Street Fighter, who's this uh, completely oversexed villainous. Uh, how On you, acid, yeah. Yeah. How do you go into <laughs> developing? Those sorts of voices and those sorts of characters when you go into a session to record? Um, a lot of those characters I've developed before. So all that stage, for me, all my stage experience and all the um, training that I had doing different characters on stage uh, helps me. And I think uh, as you audition, you develop characters. So when you go to the job... Um, when you've already got, basically, if they haven't auditioned you, it's on your demo, so you already know how to do it. But how do I develop those characters? Jeez, I mean, everything's different. You you find um, you find the energy of where the character lives, and you find uh, what's important to them, and you find how they think about the world. And look at it. And basically, I think what happens is I just kind of channel the character. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I'm really normal in, in my own <laughs> life, but I'm not normal in acting. <laughs> it just kind of comes to me, and I went, oh, this is how this person sees the world. Okay, we'll just go with that. <laughs> as far as your career goes, who's had the biggest impact on your life professionally? Oh, my goodness. Jeez. In voiceover and just in acting, uh, we'll we'll just go with acting because I, I I'm one of those people that you know I've been to enough conventions and heard the uh, how do I become a voice actor question enough to know that acting is really the key to voice acting. Believe it or not, so yeah, we'll just go with that because I think that's probably going to have a little bit more to do with where where you're at today. I would imagine. Um, who had the greatest impact? This is going to sound really weird, and I think I've said it before. Um, I took this class uh, in L.A., and it was just like five students. And it was this guy named Leonidas Osentinsky, and he was from Poland. And he taught the Grotowski method. And it was the most bizarre class, but it's this um, kind of... Uh, the way they look at theater is almost like a religion. And so for the first six months of the class, you weren't allowed to talk. You just had to be in your body and be connected to your voice. And we did gymnastics and we did all this wild and weird stuff. But anything that came out of your mouth at the end of that 
was so based in truth that um, it it wasn't something that was uh, that didn't read as true. On I, I don't really know how to explain it. It's almost like uh, an acting class that you wouldn't experience here in the United States. It's it's kind of like a European method, but. That really affected me because it kept me still. It, it taught me how to access my stillness and access a neutral inside of me so that when I bring in other characters, th- I can feel the difference in my body and in my breath and, and, and in parts of my body and, and in, my, in the way I think. So it makes you really aware. That's, that's, that's a very interesting answer. I, I, I applaud you for that. <laughs> <laughs> that was so much better than that than uh, I was expecting when I Some Polish guy. Yeah, yeah. No, but <laughs> Some <it's>, Polish guy. <laughs> but in theater circles, everybody knows what Grotowski is. And so that was intense. It was really freaking intense. Yeah, it was an intense class. Well, let's, let's move on uh, to something probably just as intense but a little bit different. Um, you know, I always go into these interviews doing a little bit of research. I usually have a pretty good idea of, of you know, what some of the things that they've done. But I always try and Uh-oh. dig a little deeper. I saw that you were in a mime ensemble. Is that right? A mime ensemble? Yeah. Yeah, that was in college. What was yeah. that like? What, how did you get into a mime ensemble? Um, because one of the classes... Uh, when you go to college, you do uh, acting, and then you have voice and movement. And the movement teacher was a professional mime, like trained in Europe. And so he wanted to put on a show called Mimania, and he taught us mime. Is, is that something that you ever used outside of that class? Uh, you use it on stage, sort of, because you kind of connect. It, it gives you body awareness and um, movement awareness, but... I didn't become a mime after college. Right, right. <laughs> but you know what? Our class, our graduating class, was really small because they had a cut system. And so um, he that was a passion of his. And if it had been another movement teacher that didn't know, know mime, we probably wouldn't have done that. But when he was there, that was what he wanted to do. And they were allowed a certain amount of productions um, as teachers. Okay, well, that, that yeah. answers that bit of curiosity on my part, at least. Yeah, I know. Okay. <laughs> um, now, do you still do uh, stage and screen work, or is it primarily just voiceover? No, I just do voiceover. Okay. Because, yeah, I, I did this, the on-camera and stage stuff for a while, but stage in L.A. doesn't usually pay. And I did so much of it that after a while I was, like, a little bit burnt out. But it was really fun when I did it. I had some interesting experiences. Now, uh, you, we were talking about some of the roles that you've been cast in, and the word evil came up a lot. Is, yeah. is the villainous your favorite type of role? Do you have a favorite type of role, or is it just the type of role where the check clears? <laughs> I like that one. <laughs> you know, evil's a lot of fun, because I'm not very evil, so I guess you get, <laughs> you get to experience some side of yourself um, that it allows me to experience a side of myself I, I didn't know about or or just kind of channel in a character that I was like, oh, that's how they think. But um, I think favorite changes with as you evolve as an artist. And my f- favorite characters right now are 
I, I really like the Mixed Master, too. I like characters that are innocent or comedic. I love playing evil. I love playing evil, but I, I, I think if you do a lot of evil over and over again, then you try, it kind of saturates into your life a little. <laughs> like, it's nice to have that buoyant quality, and that makes you laugh at the sessions, too. I mean, I, I, I like both. So okay. that's a tough question. Um, now, you also teach uh, voice lessons, correct? Yeah. How long have you been teaching for? Well, I just started up. Over the summer, because um, when I went to um, Orlando for the anime convention there, there was a, a girl that wanted me to teach her over Skype. And I hadn't done that before, but I, I had thought of marketing myself to do that. But before that, I had people come to my home for over about a two-year period. So I just started teaching again, and I had a couple people from that convention. And one of the girls, actually, because... She had uh, a zest for acting. Now she's pursuing uh, going to college, and she, I helped her with her audition to get into a college in Orlando. Excellent. Yeah. Cool. Now, yeah. So that's like a life changer for somebody. Right. So that, was, that was really cool. Um, now, when, when you're teaching someone, are you teaching them more how to use their voice, you know, like technique, or are you teaching them more to act with their voice? I think most people come to me for the the acting because mm-hmm. um, a lot of people will get general directions and they'll just go, okay, you need more of this or that was great, and then they just let them sit down. But if they really want to compete, they've got to get multi levels, uh, multi levels of personality in their characters. So they just it's not just one one note. And a lot of people come to me that are just doing one note kind of acting, and so I help deepen that and so that's with your your uh, voice and um, also with the choices that you make and how you build um, the character okay well you know there's certainly more to you than just you know being an actress um, something that tends to get overlooked uh, by by folks on uh, I'm just art. discovering it again <laughs> <laughs> so um, let me ask you what what hobbies and interests do you have um, I love, that's interesting. No one ever asked me that. <laughs> <laughs> we aren't going to talk about VO. Um, we're, uh, I love doing outdoor stuff. I love hiking. I love, um, traveling. Uh, I love to read books and go to spa, go to the spa with my girlfriends. Like I'm going to go to, <laughs> um, a lot of outdoor activity. I like a lot of different sports. Like, I love to snow ski. Okay. Um, do you have any particular um, spots or anything that you like to go? Um, I've gone to Mammoth a bunch of times. I've, I've gone to um, up, my, up in uh, up Northern California. I've skied. Um, I'd love to ski in Switzerland. That would be really cool. But I haven't been skiing in Switzerland. I've been to Switzerland, <laughs> but I haven't been skiing there. But yeah, I've been to Mammoth most, mostly. But I've I've gone to Colorado a couple of times. Those are cool. Vale and Aspen. Okay, now I I should clarify for anybody who's listening at home. Uh, my intention is not to try and track Jessica Strauss's movements and stalk her. <laughs> I live in Tennessee. She lives in California. It's a bit of a trip. 
<laughs> a trip for a stall. Kind of right. Right. I think it would just be easier to get you know to get MTech or AWA to invite her over to the to the convention if I just want to meet her. But that's right. Just yeah. just, so, just so you're listening at home, I you know if something were to happen, uh, you know this is this is my. Uh, this is my. Uh, I, I don't even. I can't even think. Can Can somebody help me out, Dylan? This is your alibi. It's not even an alibi. <laughs> it's more like a uh, disclaimer. Uh, you know what? Forget it. We're We're just gonna edit. You're that establishing out. your mo at this point. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's horrible. <laughs> thanks Thanks for helping me out on that, guys. Um, all right. Weird. Speak, speaking of stalking. Um, no, no, don't speak of it. What? No. Uh, what? <laughs> If we don't talk about it, it can't happen. Right. It's happened. It's happened. Okay, this year it happened. <laughs> what? 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 What do you want to speak about? Um, oh, we were actually joking. Yeah, we oh. were actually joking. <laughs> Oopsie. Okay, it, never it, mind. Yeah. <laughs> um, but but we were going to uh, to talk about uh, you know you haven't been to a lot of conventions, but you do connect with fans over Facebook because that's how I uh, originally got into contact with you. Uh, that's right. Has 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 that been? An overall good experience, or uh, has, has there been some uh, hairy stuff going on? Mostly good, you know. Mostly good experience, and I, it from doing stage work where the where you have an audience, people are giving you feedback. There's an energy that happens when you perform in front of an audience that's that's really unmatched when you perform by yourself in voiceover. So when I go, when I finally went and said, okay, I'm going to do conventions, and I went out and met the fans, I realized that, that that energy was coming back at me for all the work that I had done. And it was really great. And so on Facebook, I really appreciate it. I really do. And and I try to answer everybody, although sometimes you can't. And I'm not always on it as religiously as some people. Right. But yeah. No, mostly it has been. There was one incident. I'm not going to talk about it. <laughs> uh, well, I, I apologize. I, I was no, just, where, I was, where people I was think you're the character. <laughs> No, no, seriously, I, I was just a fan. I wasn't. I wasn't trying to upset you. I apologize. I'm not. I'm not jury. I'm not her. Really, in real life, I'm not. <laughs> well, th- thanks for clearing that up for me because I was. I was completely confused about about that. Obviously, I mean, it's a completely different voice. Right. <laughs> right. Right. Right now, somebody. And I'm not saying it's me, but somebody's setting that as a ringtone. Oh right. <laughs> God, I did have a guy call my house. He found my phone number and he called my house and he started auditioning on the phone. And I was like, "What's going on?" Uh, <laughs> oh, wow. in, in case, in case that person happens to uh, find this that. interview and uh, is listening, <laughs> I, I'm going to go ahead and give you a pro tip: don't do that. It won't work. Don't well. be that guy. Yeah, don't, don't be that guy. Please don't, don't be, be that, that guy. guy. Oh my God! Yeah, but you know, I get, I understand. Yeah. I get. I guess. Yeah. No. It's for the most part, everyone's been really well behaved and 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 wonderful and complimentary, and it's been great. Well, uh, you know, again, uh, my my apologies for my hand in that. Um, no. <laughs> anyway, um, we appreciate your time. Uh, we're going to let you go, but it's really been a pleasure. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. It was uh, really thank fun. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs>